world. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Uh, my name is Chris Luard. And thank you so much for joining me today, whatever time it is, wherever you are tuning in, whether you're watching us live here on uh, Facebook or Instagram or on uh, playback, on recording, on the website or on YouTube, wherever you are tuning in, thank you so much. It's really a pleasure and an honor uh, to be back here on Facebook, uh, giving here a series of talks on compassion. And these talks will be, uh, well, I'm having some technical difficulties here. Okay, here we go. <laughs> these talks uh, will be a way of leading into uh, an online meditation retreat offering, uh, which I'm facilitating on compassion. Now, uh, before I get into all of that, well, I'll talk about the retreat first before I get into the presentation. So, as I just mentioned, I'm offering a, a spring retreat. Uh, and for those who are um, accustomed to the retreat uh, outline, uh, many traditions, uh, particularly the Zen tradition, uh, but also other traditions as well, offer a, a, a winter retreat, a spring retreat, a fall retreat, a summer retreat. And so this is the spring retreat. It's called Kuan Yin, a retreat into compassion. Uh, now I live in Thailand, but fortunately uh, you don't have to be in Thailand uh, to take advantage of this offering. Uh, the entire retreat is offered online and it runs uh, March 22nd to May 13th over Zoom. And so the retreat will meet twice a week. Now, if you're here in Asia or if you're in Australia or New Zealand, we'll be meeting on Mondays and Fridays, right? And if you're in the States or the Americas, uh, that'll be Thursdays and Sundays. Uh, and the time uh, will be at 8 a.m. here in Asia on Monday mornings and Friday mornings. And in the Americas, the time will be at 9 p.m. And the sessions will run uh, anywhere from 90 minutes to two hours. And of course, there'll be a break if, if we take the longer sessions, and things like that. Uh, now, if you're hesitant to sign up for the retreat because uh, you feel like you might miss uh, several sessions or even just one session, no worries. Each of the sessions will be recorded and available only to the retreat participants. Uh, so you can uh, catch up and, and keep up with the retreat, uh, no matter how many of the sessions you miss. So no worries there. Uh, and if you're curious about uh, more of the details about the retreat and what it entails, uh, please go visit my website, www.suchsweetthunder.org, and click on the Retreats and Programs page. Uh, there you'll see an information video and all of the other information you need uh, to get registered for this uh, really special retreat into compassion. Now, before we launch into the actual bulk of today's program, I'd like to just guide a very quick meditation as a way of setting the stage. And this really, uh, for my benefit more than anything else, <laughs> helps to really um, get into the zone, so to speak. It's kind of a warm-up pass. Uh, and also, I found uh, for myself when I go to talks, when I listen to other teachers and facilitators talk, um, if I'm in a place of openness and receptivity, 
I hear the talk in a much deeper way. And so I found meditation uh, allows one to access that place in their awareness, in their heart, uh, so that one uh, can receive the teachings in a, more, um, in a more profound way. So I'll ring the bell, and I'll just briefly guide this meditation. It might be three to five minutes long, and uh, then we'll get into the talk on compassion. Okay, thanks again for joining me. Uh, enjoy this guided meditation. Of course, the guided meditation is optional if you wish to just um, sit and feel your breath or relax and, and get ready for the talk. That's fine as well. Whatever best supports you in this present moment. And so the invitation here is to allow the body, mind, and heart to rest. Just coming into this present moment experience, letting any thoughts or concerns of the days past or the upcoming days go. And if you wish, you can briefly scan through the body letting any obvious tension relax and rest. And so here in this meditation practice, we'll begin focusing on the breath. And so I'll invite you to just feel the breath as it enters and leaves the nose, noticing any sensation arising there. There might be a, a cool or a dry sensation, whatever sensation that's arising at the nostrils or anywhere around the nose area as a result of breathing in and breathing out. And now when we are noticing the breath, we don't only notice the nostrils, right? So. You might also want to include sensations arising as the breath touches the back of the throat, perhaps simply noticing the temperature changing from cooler to warmer at the nose and the back of the throat. Or you might notice the rib cage expanding and contracting as you inhale and exhale. the rising and falling of the abdomen as you breathe in and breathe out. Or you might notice the back moving out as you breathe in and in as you breathe out. The shoulders rising and falling with each breath. Or perhaps noticing how the body straightens up slightly as you breathe in and leans forward slightly as you breathe out. And so since the idea of this particular meditation practice is to contact and rest in the present moment, 
We'll expand our awareness now to notice other experiences that might be arising, namely the sensations arising throughout the body. And the breath, the breath might feel rather inaccessible to some, and that's fine, because we also have the option of noticing how the body sensations are always present moment experiences. And so the invitation is now to notice any sensations arising throughout the feet. This might be the sensations of feet against the carpet or floor, or perhaps socks against the surface of the feet. Inviting the muscles in the feet to rest and relax. Or you might notice sensations of clothing against the legs, inviting the muscles in the legs to grow soft. You might also notice the weight of the body against the cushion or chair, mat or floor, inviting the muscles underneath those sensations to unwind and rest. You might also notice sensations arising as clothing against the back, inviting the muscles in the back to relax and unwind. Or perhaps noticing the hands resting against the body or touching each other, or the arms resting against the body, inviting the hands and arms to unwind and rest. Or you might notice sensations of clothing against the shoulders, inviting the muscles in the shoulders to grow soft. There might be sensations arising throughout the back of the neck, inviting the muscles in the back of the neck to rest. You might notice sensations arising throughout the cheeks of the face, inviting the muscles in the face to grow soft and unwind. You might also notice sensations arising from the top of the head, the very crown of the head. And when resting in the present moment, the breath and body, you might notice the breath or body rather inaccessible. And so we also have the option of anchoring our awareness into the present moment experience through the vehicle of sound. And so the invitation is now to notice any sounds which might be available. You don't need to focus on any one sound in particular, but you might notice the entire field of sound. 
how each sound creates a voice within the symphony of the present moment experience. And so we'll rest right here. Again, the invitation is to rest, allowing the body, mind, and heart to settle. Resting with the breath, resting with the body, resting with the sounds and silence, and just rest. And in a few breaths, I'll ring the sound of the bell, which will cue us back into a conversational space. And I'll ring the bell three times. So thank you so much for joining me in that guided meditation. That really uh, sets the stage well, I find, as I mentioned. So welcome to this talk on compassion, this Dharma talk or wisdom talk. And so I'd like to start by just talking about compassion. What is compassion? How does one define compassion? In many traditions, you find uh, compassion defined in many, many different ways. And really, uh, you know, people, individual people, you know, find different meaning in the word compassion. Pardon me, my computer came unplugged here, so I'm going to plug it back in before we lose power. Okay. I'm usually not uh, having so many technical difficulties. It must be that whole Mercury and retrograde thing. <laughs> so, okay. So I digress. What is compassion? Well, the Latin meaning of compassion, uh, well, it comes from the word compati, which means to suffer with. So when we look at that definition, we can kind of really feel into that and notice that compassion might mean uh, to be with somebody else's heartbreak so that their heartbreak becomes your own heartbreak or another's struggle becomes your struggle. And this is important because true compassion really changes the way we live and relate to ourselves, to others and to the world. When we can unite through our struggles, uh, the sense of separateness 
the sense of other and I starts to break down and dissolve. And it's for that reason that compassion is said to be one of the highest aspirations of any spiritual practice. In fact, many spiritual practitioners or teachers uh, consider compassion to be the very alpha and omega of any of these practices. Because why else do we start a practice like this but to alleviate some sort of discomfort or suffering or struggle, right? We, we come to these practices, practices of meditation or of compassion, of loving kindness, of equanimity, of joy, because we think that in some way it'll make our life better, that we're experiencing some discomfort and we, we feel that these practices may be the solve for that discomfort. So there's the alpha, the beginning of the practice, and the omega occurs when we've practices we, we we've practiced these practices enough to see the struggle of others and to allow those struggles to become our own. And so these ideas are not Buddhist or Christian or Hindu or Muslim or Jewish, they're human. It's at the very root of our human beingness that we find compassion. And hopefully through this series of explorations, uh, you'll recognize that to be true. Now, I mentioned that these aren't any particular spiritual practice or faith or religion, but I'm going to, throughout these talks, draw on different spiritual practices and religions uh, to bring the teachings home. Now, if you've tuned into any of my talks before, you probably know that uh, my training, my background is in Buddhism, uh, primarily uh, Mahayana, Tibetan Buddhism, and Zen uh, Buddhism, uh, but I'm now taking formal training in Theravada as well, and secular Buddhism, so really broadening my, my horizons there as far as that tradition goes. But when I give these talks, I'm not speaking from any particular religion. I, I will draw on Buddhism because that's my comfort zone. I'll also draw on Christianity because I was raised in a Western Christian culture. I'll try to draw on Kabbalah as much as I can. I know very little about it, but I like it so far. And I'll draw on other traditions as well, as much as possible. But I really would like to give these teachings a secular voice, and that's I'm very passionate about that, so that these teachings of compassion can be made available to people from all walks of life. As I mentioned just a few moments ago, the practices of compassion can break down this sense of I and other. And that's true spiritual practice. If, if a spiritual practice reinforces your sense of I and other, there's a dogma involved. There's some sort of political leaning there. 
because true spiritual practice unites I and other into a we. And so it's in that spirit that I offer these teachings. So it was St. Paul who, when he preached to the Ephesians, emphasized, be kind and compassionate to one another. And the Buddha, often when he was asked what he was doing or what he taught, he would say, I teach one thing and one thing only, suffering and the end of suffering. So for the Buddha, this was really uh, a primary focus of his path. And in the Buddhist traditions, it's often thought that the cultivation of compassion on one hand and the cultivation of wisdom on the other hand, when we cultivate those two paths together, uh, we are moving towards a complete sense of freedom or release from suffering. Now that in itself could be its own talk, and I'm not going to go down that path too far today because I do want to get to some of the practices of compassion. Uh, we might circle back around to the combination of wisdom and compassion at a later date. And if you have any questions about that, uh, feel free to send any questions over to me through Messenger or through my website or at the, the bottom of the screen here in the comments. And I'll be hosting a question and answer session at some point in the series. Uh, so feel free uh, to ask any questions. So wisdom is really the insight into and the understanding of impermanence, how everything that arises passes away, and the insight and understanding into emptiness or non-self, how everything we experience uh, can't be defined as I. And so the Buddha when he gave teachings on suffering, he gave what's known as the Four Noble Truths, and I'm not going to go down that road too, I'll just list the Four Noble Truths here as truths. There are some traditions uh, which I'm uh, really keen on uh, that, that list them as tasks to perform, and I'll talk more about that perhaps as the series unfolds as well. But just to sum up the Four Truths here very quickly, uh, life contains suffering, uh, we suffer due to craving, there is a possibility of allowing that craving to resolve or cease, and we can find that by cultivating a way of life uh, which allows that craving to cease more easily. Uh, that's known as the Eightfold Path or the Marga. And so in this tradition which I'm drawing from today, in the Buddhist tradition, uh, we have to look at suffering, right? Because compassion is to suffer with others. So let's look at suffering. What is suffering exactly? 
Well, in the Pali language, which was the language that the Buddhist teachings are written and transcribed in, uh, they use the word dukkha. Now, dukkha doesn't translate directly into suffering. Dukkha is a very uh, difficult word to translate, if you will. It's very, very subtle. There's a lot of aspects to it. It literally translates into the discomfort that might be felt when one is riding in a cart, when the axle is out of place with the wheel, with the hole of the wheel. So you can kind of get a feel of what that kind of nah, nah, might be like, the, the bounciness or the, the, the discomfort of the, the roughness of the road. And so according to the Buddhist tradition, suffering is that discomfort that arises from that bumpy axle not fitting the whole of the wheel kind of experience that we all experience in our life. It's really the struggle against whatever's arising in the present moment. That's suffering. We, we bring it into modern day parlance. We can understand that suffering or struggle arises when we can't open and accept what's arising in the present moment. And so the Buddha said, when asked about dukkha, he, he would say, dukkha is birth, dukkha is aging, dukkha is sickness, dukkha is death. Dukkha is not getting what one wants or getting what one doesn't want. Dukkha is being separated from those who are dear and close to those who aren't dear. Then he went on and said, Dukkha is, in short, the five aggregates of clinging, which is really shorthand for all experience. He listed the five aggregates, fortunately, as form, feelings, perceptions, mental formations or volitions, and consciousness. And that's really everything, right? I mean, when you think about all of our experience, it's, it's a, an aggregate or it's a conglomerate of one or more of these form, feelings, perceptions, mental formations, and consciousness. That's, that's what's happening right now in the present moment, in any given moment. And so that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Our suffering or our struggle arises when we struggle against what's unfolding through our experience of form, through our experience of feelings, perceptions, formations, consciousness, birth, sickness, aging, and death, and so forth. And the struggle or our suffering arises because we fail to recognize the ever-changing nature inherent in these aspects of our experience. That's what gives rise to our struggle, right? We want things to stay the same. We want things to be permanent. We want to be free from the grasping of our comfort. Right? We want to be free from the pushing away of discomfort. And then when we find that comfortable 
zone we want things to stay there. But it never does. It might stay there for 10 minutes, an hour, a day, a week, a month, a year, five years. But eventually things change. And that's the human life. We can't avoid that. We can't avoid change. And it seems so obvious, right, when we talk about it like this. It's just, of course, things change all the time, right? That's the obvious nature of things. But if you notice the struggles that you experience, see where that struggle comes from. And more often than not, it's coming from a movement away from discomfort. So it's not the actual discomfort itself that causes our suffering, right? And again, I'll refer back to the Buddha because he very succinctly pointed this out with an example of two arrows. Now, when we're going through our life, uh, we experience some sort of unfortunate situation that gives rise to physical pain or emotional pain or spiritual pain. That's the first arrow. Fump. Shot. Right? All human beings and all sentient beings experience that arrow. That's a part of having a human body, a human nervous system, contacting with an environment. We all experience discomfort pain. Now then there's a second arrow. And that second arrow is the struggle against the first arrow. And the Buddha pointed out that that second arrow is self-inflicted. That we don't need to feel that second arrow. But it's our habit, right? That first arrow comes, I stub my toe, in the morning, going to the bathroom, boom, first arrow, second arrow, boom, right away. Oh, how can I be so stupid? Ah, oh, that hurts. I wish I wasn't feeling that pain. Ah, right? It's almost immediate. It's so fast that we usually think it's just one arrow. But the Buddha pointed out that when we slow down that process, we can see them as two separate experiences and we can start to tease them apart. So we only experience the physical sensation, or the emotional sensation, or the spiritual sensation without the struggle, without the suffering. And so compassion is born out of the ability to experience Let's use our own, our own pain first here before we talk about compassion for others. Our own ability to experience our own pain, our own struggle, without inflicting that second arrow, the arrow of reactivity, the reactivity to, to that first arrow. 
So holding an open heart, an open space of awareness for that experience, for the first stubbing of the toe, if you will. And then allowing our awareness to remain open and vast. That's the task at hand. And that's what these, uh, these, um, this series is about. That's what, uh, if you sign up for the online retreat, that's what we'll be doing at the online retreat, is cultivating the skill, the abilities, the type of awareness uh, that we can remain open in the face of physical pain, emotional pain, spiritual pain, so that we don't collapse down and cause more suffering, cause more pain for ourselves and for others. And so I'm just going to give a little bit of example of this now as kind of a guided meditation. It'll just be a minute or two of a guided meditation. Just a little example of how we can start to feel into uh, what I'm talking about here. Because all of these practices, they're great to talk about on a, in a philosophical way, but they really don't make a change in our life until we experience them emotionally, until we can experience them in the heart. This is an experiential journey, the experience of compassion. It's a, an experiential journey. And so we need to be able to cultivate practices which allow us to experience that so we can uh, come together and experience our own pain, our own suffering and experience the suffering of others. When we do that, we, we start to free ourselves from that experience of suffering. And that's really the, the, the beauty of compassion is that there's freedom found there. And so I'll ring the bell and I'll just do a brief, again, I mentioned a brief guided meditation. Now, this meditation, this guided meditation is optional. If you wish, you can just listen along for now and you can go back on the recording and meditate with the recording if you wish. Or you can, you know, sit and follow the breath and, and wait until the meditation's over. That's fine as well. Uh, but the invitation is to join me now in this guided meditation so we can kind of get a feel uh, for our own discomfort for the first arrow, uh, get a feel for the second arrow and how they might be different and feel into our own struggle and our own innate, natural sense of compassion. And so the invitation again is now to rest with the body, mind, and heart. Noticing the breath entering and leaving the body, perhaps sensations at the nose or the abdomen rising and falling with each breath. Noticing sensations arising from the feet or clothing against the legs. 
the weight of the body against the cushion or chair, mat or floor. You might notice the hands resting against the body or touching each other, or the arms resting against the body. There might be sensations of clothing against the shoulders, or you might perhaps notice sensations arising throughout the back of the neck. the cheeks of the face. There might be sensations arising from the very crown of the head, the very top of the head. And if you wish, now you can also include sounds, whatever sounds that might be arising in your present moment environment. And so we'll just rest right there for a few breaths. Resting with the body, mind, and heart. And just rest. And while resting here in this present moment experience, the invitation is now to bring up into your awareness any sense of struggle you might be experiencing. This might be something you're struggling with right now in this present moment, maybe a sense of discomfort in the body, perhaps, or a sense of discomfort in the heart. If you do choose to work with something that uh, has risen in your life recently or in the past, uh, don't choose uh, something that's traumatic, but something very mild, just a sense of struggle. Something heavy won't really serve this practice. This could be a feeling of loss or shame, a feeling of physical discomfort or heartache, perhaps. And just allow that feeling to be there in your body, in your heart, in your mind. And while holding this feeling of discomfort, look at the wish to be free from this discomfort, from this experience of discomfort. Notice the push to be free from discomfort itself.
this push away from discomfort is our very innate nature of compassion. It's fundamental to the human nervous system and to the nervous system of all sentient beings. We all have the innate desire to be free from struggle, free from suffering. So look now and see if you can't notice this struggle, this instance of pain, the first arrow, if you will. And notice how you want to be free from that. And while holding this experience, we can say the phrases to ourselves, either quietly or out loud. May I be free from suffering and the causes of suffering. Holding the experience of discomfort, the wish to be free, May I be free from suffering and the causes of suffering. And in a few moments, I'll ring the sound of the bell again, which will be the cue to return back into our conversational space. So thank you again so much for joining me with that guided meditation into our own, really our own basic human goodness or an aspect of our basic human goodness. Uh, this experience of our, our innate experience of compassion, our, our need or desire or drive uh, to be free from any sort of struggle or suffering. And this can really be felt in any moment if, if you're sitting here now and you feel some discomfort in the body and you want to change your posture, notice how that change in posture is a movement out of compassion, how you're moving away from that discomfort and how you want to be free from that discomfort and how all beings want to be free from that discomfort all the time.
And so I think that's all I want to say today. I'll be back with the second uh, of this series on compassion at the same time on Friday morning, 9 a.m. on Friday morning, if you're in Asia, or Thursday evening uh, in the Americas. Uh, so adjust your time accordingly. Uh, or th these are all recorded on video as well on YouTube and my website. Again, the website www.suchsweetthunder.org And so in closing today's session, I'll just ring the sound of the bell here to make it official. And I wish you all a great week. Thank you again for joining me. It really is such a pleasure to be back. I took a bit of a hiatus uh, when I offered uh, the online retreat on loving kindness and I did a silent retreat. Uh, and uh, had some other life experiences happening. But now I'm back here, uh, and I'll be here on Facebook Live, I guess, for about four or five weeks, uh, really leading into the launch of the Spring Retreat into Compassion. Thank you so much. I'll see you in a few days. Have a great week, and uh, we'll see you then. Here's the bell.